Well, Cleveland Browns, uh, they didn't do themselves any uh, favors in the loss to Atlanta. Another heartbreaking loss for the Cleveland Browns. As always, after the game, we got to bring in the, the expert, the film guy from Pro Football Focus, John Costco. We'll talk about offense, defense, and special teams and move forward a little bit, moving towards the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. We'll do it all coming up on a day after episode of Locked on Browns podcast. You are Locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things. Dog Pound LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, your host from the barbershop, from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, Mr. Garrett Bush at GBush91. And of course, joining us here today... From PFF, Mr. John Costco, as we'll get into uh, some film that hopefully will be burned uh, once it's finally fully assessed. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Pack. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Uh, John, we're going to get right into it today here. Um, and I, you're going to have to answer this question because it's obviously been the biggest debate the entire thing. For me, look, I understand playing aggressive. I do. Um, but you're on the road. You know, it, it's an odd spot at fourth and two on the three. Um, and if you're not going to find a way to put Amari Cooper on the weakest cover guy for the Falcons, then don't even bother. Just take the dang points. Um, so thoughts there. And then let's get into this offense a little bit because there were some bright spots on the offense. And I think the offense overall is playing well. I mean, there were some lows that slowed them down. They weren't consistent the entire 60 minutes like they needed to be. Um, but again, still, you know, a, a, a decent showing, keeping the fact that you're, you're playing a second quarterback for this such a length of time. Yeah, so concerning the first drive, you know, go for it situation, I'm I'm all in favor of going for it in that situation. It's the the issue I have is the play calling when you got down into the red zone, into the basically scoring zone. That's the issue I have. Um, call better plays. Um, I'm all for going for it um, in that situation. When you talk about like in on the second and short situation where you you rush to the line of scrimmage with, uh, you know. I don't know what, I don't even know what the personnel was. You have Nick Chubb and one tight end and that's everybody else are offensive linemen. Um, And then you try to run that in. It's, it's a, you know, it it failed. And then you tried to run another play quickly right after that, which was a pass play. So you legitimately have one pass catcher out there. Obviously it failed. So then you go for it on fourth down. You've already put yourself into a, you know, a disadvantaged situation because of your poor play calling on, on third down. Um, call better plays when it comes to the red zone. I think if you call better plays when it comes to the red zone, um, you know, you, you, you come out of the first half 21, seven, instead of, instead of just 10 to 10 or whatever it was, or 10 to seven or whatever. I can't remember whatever doesn't matter, but you get 21 points in that, that situation. So <laughs> it's, I think it's the play calling that was my issue with there. And then the play calling the rest of the game was an issue for me too. They called like, you know, I don't even know how many screens they called, but nine of them or whatever it was. And then, Every single one was failing, and he still called two on the last drive. That's where Stefanski, I think, lost his game was in the play calling. Not the decisions of, like, 
being aggressive and going for it on fourth downs. It was it was poor play calling of, hey, I got to adjust what I'm doing in this situation because clearly the Falcons are reading something in our screen game that is stopping it right right before it even happens. Like it's they couldn't even get screen passes off. It was it was getting snuffed out so badly. So why keep calling it a play that's not working? You look at the Falcons on the other side of the ball. Arthur Smith just ran like 19 straight runs because they said, hmm, this team can't stop the run. We're gashing them for 10 yards of play. Why would we ever pass it? Then he got into the red zone and tried to pass it, and they got, you know, they had to settle for a field goal. So that was stupid on his part. But that's the that's what you, how you need to call, you, you keep calling the same play until they stop it, and you don't keep calling the same play if they keep stopping it. So that's that's where Stefanski for me lost it, and I, I forgot there are other questions that you have. <laughs> you know, you know, John, I I, th- I think I think you man, you just hit it right on the, the nail on the head. It's it's. You know, it, it's it's sometimes painful to watch. Sometimes you lose games because you just don't have the talent and, and, and you just don't have the horses to get the job done. But the problem that's so frustrating with the, with the Browns is that, you know, it's almost like they, they're telling themselves they have to be 50-50. I, this, is, this is my plan. He's actually looking on the sheet like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I need five more passes to equal the runs that I've done. So it's like, you got a guy with 19 carries for 118 yards. You know, at times when you use Chubb and Hunter in the backfield, it works successfully. When you run the man, you know, for the th- during certain times of the game, he just needs more touches. When you got a guy averaging 6.1 yards per carry and another guy averaging 4.9 or 5 yards per carry, I, I couldn't do nothing different besides give those guys the ball. I just don't understand the, the justification of it like what is he is he married to his scheme what is it again i i think it just comes down to like the place like calling of the past plays that you're calling right like i i have i should have looked this up and i meant to do that actually this morning but if you would have taken out the the the, the screen plays and the, on the play calls i bet you the passing efficiency was excellent except for the one interception that you threw it right. you know, in, in type situation, you keep calling screens that are failing. That's going to, that stopped drives. I mean, it just kept doing it. So um, I don't mind, you know, calling things that work, right. The run game was working and the non screen game was working, but when you keep calling things that don't work, that's the issue, right? So it's just call plays that that work. And if you come to a thing, it's like, hey, we like this in our game plan, so we're going to keep calling it regardless of it work. Like, scrap it. That's not how you. That's not how you call <laughs> football games. Hmm. And so, like, it's it's one thing too. It's also the same thing with like, hey, I want to be aggressive on fourth downs. Let's say you you get into fourth down situations and you fail on the first two, and it, then you you then you adjust your 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 strategy. You go, oh, there's something wrong with our team. We're not getting on these fourth downs. Let's let's regroup here and let me let me get us into a better situation. Let's punt it away, get us better field position here because there's you know something's not not right with our offense right now. But you know they failed in the first one, but then they they made the next like several, so that was fine, right? Like they it's like okay we, we're doing fine there. Screen game literally never worked, so why keep calling it? That, it's that's the issue I have. I, I don't mind switching up run pass type stuff because when you run call with the Browns for the most part when they weren't calling screen plays. We're moving the ball. So regardless if it was run or pass, just not screens. And, John, the thing for me here is is why can't it get to the point where it's balanced? Week one, you couldn't get Amari Cooper involved. 
David, no, David, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones is involved. Week two, week three, Amari Cooper has monster days. Everybody else is kind of, you know, basically in the witness protection program. Um, you know, David Njoku, and I think this was part of the problem in that first drive is the, all the plays that led to that drive were like long yardage plays and were passes that, you know, were, were, were closer to the line of scrimmage, if not further. So when they got into that tight window, it kind of made it, you know, almost gave Atlanta the advantage there. But now you get Donovan Peoples-Jones back involved. You get the, a little David Bell going, but you can't get Amari Cooper involved. And, you know, this is something that they truly need to do because you see the difference in confidence this team plays with when Amari Cooper is out there doing his thing. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's part of, like, you know, having an, an average-level type quarterback. Um, you know, I think, I think you know, Amari Cooper was open um, and – you know, with Jacoby Brissett wasn't just hitting him or whatever. I think that was an issue. And then when you when you when you ruin half of your play calls as, as screen plays, then it's like there's there's so few opportunities to actually get him the ball down the field. So, um, you know, you look at I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just pull this up. If you look at his uh, the you know the, the EPA per play for for non screen plays, you know, Jacoby Brissett was was having a good game. Um, and you know the efficiency was was excellent. So I think I think it's just like you you, you part of it is is not a great quarterback. So if he's not feeling it, which maybe he needs that screen game to get into the rhythm of of being able to throw it down the field. And because he wasn't, like I don't know, maybe that was the issue. But I think that's part of uh, of the situation of not having a you know a, a top two type quarterback that can get your playmaker, your best playmaker on offense, a receiving option, the ball. Okay, just real quick, G. Um, if we're moving away from screenplays, can we take that David and Joku reverse and toss that in the uh, river? Listen, see, right? see, oh, listen, yeah. go. You know you're my guy. You know he. You knew what was on my mind. You've seen it all over my face. Go ahead, John. Talk to him about that tight end reverse. And, and the University of Georgia need to stop running it too, even though Bowers is pretty good. Um, I'll say so, that. Go so that happened right towards the end of the second half, or the first half, right? And then, then, then what's his, you know, Brissett threw a bomb down to the one yard line. So at least they recovered from that, but running a, you know, end a tight end end around is to, especially to one that's not like, a, like, the you know, David Njoku is a good athlete, but like, he's, he's not, not like Kyle Pitts. Bro- he, right. He's not, he's not Kyle Pitts for one, but he's also, <clears throat> you, 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 you run under rounds and reverses to dudes that run like four threes and four twos. You don't run them to guys that run into four fives. If they're not, and even his them. footwork though, his footwork looked like robotic and sh- like, like who there's no way that's the way it looked like in the game. But yet he looked like money running it in practice. And they said, Oh yeah, we're going to run with this. Cause yeah. when he came around that corner, I mean, yeah, he you, look for one of the greatest you, athletic tight ends in the NFL. It was a yeah. terrible looking play. And you pay a guy, you pay a guy, Right, um, whatever it extended in Jokichu, so they feel like they have to get him the ball in, in certain ways. And it's like, no, just let the game come to you. I think, and I think that's the issue I had with this whole offense is that they they're trying to force things that don't need you don't need to force. Just let the game come to you. Hey, the run game works. Let's keep feeding those guys the ball. Hey, our screen game doesn't work. Let's come off of that and let's you know work our quick game. <laughs> Do our some play action stuff because the play action stuff was working great, especially early on. I don't know why he went away from it. Um, and <laughs> it is sad. And, and to be fair to David Njoku, currently on pace for 76 receptions, 800, 800 plus yards. For David Njoku, 
right now he's showing basically the Browns the reward statistically for what they invested in him as long as they never call. He's playing well. Play like- he's, yes, he other than the fumble, he's been playing well. And it, uh, the reverse is not his fault. That was a bad block by – who was it out there? One of the, Is he the tight end or is it Michael Dunn? One of the two. Well, you can't hold there. somebody for nine and a half seconds while your tight end moves his way around. That's why he tries to get a field. <laughs> yeah. Brown, the Browns lost an average of negative 1.017 per screenplay. Part of that's the fumble. But they – that just kind of shows you how Still, bad it they, was. they said zero, zero screen plays had success, mainly because of the fumble. But they well, and, and granted, and there was one with that was there that should have been a touchdown to Kareem Hunt. But again, right, look, got, that's another thing play. too. The Brissett, why, why did he double clutch that? I don't know. Like he just didn't have a great game. You know, typically he's a, he's he does play better. Um, he's more consistent. And he can just. I, I don't know. He, he wasn't feeling the screen game. That's part of it too. Cause there's some that he should have been able to hit, but they were also snipping them out. So. Yep. All right. We're going to switch it up here. We're going to get to the defensive side of the ball here. And if you thought there was some, maybe some laughs here and possibly some tears about the play, I can only imagine what's going to be like when we flip it up to the other side of the ball here, your host, Garrett Bush, Jeff Lloyd, PFFs, John Costco in along for the ride prize picks. Daily fantasy. We've talked about prize picks before. And for me, uh, look, you get to these Thursday night games. You get to the Sunday night game. You get to the Monday night game where maybe your team's not playing. But, you know, hey, I want to have a little action. I want to something to watch for here. You can take two to five players. All they have to do is score more or less than the prize packs projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you can watch. That is the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, women's uh, collegiate sports, and the WNBA, boxing, MMA. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Save and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. All caps, no space. If you deposit 100 Prize picks will give you 100, et cetera, et cetera. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Well, 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 we went over the offense. We back at it. Uh, and let's get to the defense on the Locked On Browns podcast. G. Bush, Jeff Lloyd, joined by Pro Football Focus, John Costco, as we always do after a Browns game. Uh, John, we've talked about this a whole lot. Uh, the Browns defensive line, you know, I, I was taking a look at it. And uh, they were getting destroyed. Uh, they were getting caved down. There was no gap with integrity. Uh, guys were just losing. I I saw guys on regular rundowns just losing container. I'm like, what are you doing? You have that gap. Guys getting washed to the other side. And by the way, defensive tackles. Oh, my God. I mean, Tommy Togi, I came in and played. I think he had a 24. Uh, uh, you know, I, I you know. Uh, we did Jordan Elliott did get a sack, which should have been a plus, but he had like a 29 or 30 or something. I mean, overall, the defensive line, we knew they were were, were dragging. Uh, I, I didn't see linebackers fitting, uh, and we had another bust of coverage. Uh, sort this out for me, dog. Sort it make, make me feel better about this. No, uh, uh, there's nothing to make you feel better about. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more affection, but there isn't. So I'm no, sorry. No. 20, 26.8, 27.3, 27.8, 34.6, 39, 38.9. 
those are the grades of well one of them was john johnson but those are four of the five of those were defense alignment or also jacob phillips in there atrocious run defense grades just atrocious you're talking about they had some flashes right everybody remembers the the jacob phillips play where he, he stopped them on third down huge play to force that field goal right he was awful the rest of the game though he had seven tackles but the thing is like how many of them for stops? Like only he had three stops in the game, was out of gap like constantly. And also part of this is the, the issue with the defensive tackles that were terrible. So Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, Alex Wright, they were all really bad in this game. Uh, Perry Owenfu was better. He was a 58.4, but that's still bad. Um, that's like Harvard only- versus community college, though, what we're talking about <laughs> these guys right now. This is this is why this is why these guys are all backups, right? And also why everybody and their moms are talking about how the Browns need to get better at the defensive line because of these guys. They they if you ask them to play for a, a full game, you know, fifty plus snaps, which most of these guys did, it's bad news. And it was really bad. You talk about a team from a team standpoint; they're the lowest graded run defense in the NFL for the season. Obviously, this week was the worst as well at a twenty seven. So. It's it was all bad on, on the defensive side. The one bright spot you want to look at is Denzel Ward finally showed up and he had a really good game. He had an, his coverage grade of ninety two point eight, so he was excellent there. But and he's also I, bad in run run defense too. But yeah. whatever. But see, that's the part that's disheartening about this. You know, we all went into this all week long. You know, so worried about Cordarrelle Patterson. Turns out that was never a thing anyway. And there's two running backs from the Falcons and a wide receiver that sure Browns fans still don't know who the hell their names are. Um, but they could not be stopped. And, John, look, some of it comes down to – look, I, I, I don't want to put this on Joe Woods because John and I, when we talked today, look, so backups played like backups. That's kind of – you expect that at times here. But, John, what about saying, well, screw this. And a couple of years ago when you went down to Tennessee in 2020 and you made a commitment to saying we're going to put as many guys in the line of scrimmage because you want to know what? We're not going to lose to Derrick Henry. Um, got to the point there you know, where it was six carries in a row, seven carries in a row. How about at that point saying, look, I'll put 10 in the box. I'll put 11 in the box because if you're going to keep running it, I got to prove that I can do something to stop it. Yeah, especially after the first – like they had a break where the third quarter ended and then the fourth quarter started, and they are like, hey, we can regroup. We can, hey, let's figure this out. Let's make a stop here. Nah, they didn't. They didn't do anything different. They just got, they just got you know, run over like uh, – you know, and a herd, a herd, Buffalo herd going over and trampling over, I don't know, whatever. So they just, they just <laughs> I have a better metaphor, but I can't, I'm not going to cuss. So um, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it, it's just, it, you want to, it, again, to, coming from a play, play calling standpoint, they have a plan going into this game and they just didn't adjust from it because it's like, hey, this is not working. We got to fix this. They didn't, they didn't change it. You know, you look at Atlanta from, you know, they kept running the ball because it was clearly working for them. Browns didn't change anything defensively to go, hey, this isn't working for us. We need to figure out something to stop it. I get it. You're down, you know, pretty much all your starting defensive linemen, but you've got to do something to protect those guys. And this is a, you know, part of this is, hey, Jake, this is, you know, why I was really worried about Jacob Phillips going in there. He was bad. Anthony Walker maybe could have righted that ship, maybe be a leader out on that defense because – you know, he, he is that for them. So, you know, you lose him, you lose, obviously, Miles, you lose Clowney. Those guys are all good run defenders, you know, Clowney especially. So it's just – it that was a difference in the game. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they lost this game. But, like, obviously, if you can't stop the run and you're get, giving up 10 yards a pop on 
in the third and fourth quarters, it's it's you know it's hard to win those games. Especially since Marcus Mariota completed seven passes. I mean, oh, he was terrible in this game too. He was horrible. He was yeah. horrible. So it's like, I'll do the, I'll do this to them like I did to Pittsburgh. Why are you not playing the rookie? Like, because if that's what you're getting out of the veteran, the, the rookie it must be stinking up the absolute joint well, if you're not he's, going. He's to not him. very good. Ritter's not very good. So I, well, he may be able to complete more than seven passes. May maybe, but <laughs> is he going to be able to hand it off like like Mariota did? Yeah, he had, true, he had some of those elite handoffs there. <laughs> Sprint handoff. Uh, he telegraphs uh, really well. He shows yeah. the ball. <laughs> Carries out the fake. It's it's good stuff. Top shelf yeah, stuff. Exactly, exactly. But now it's I. You know, I think uh, I think the the Browns they they had a lot of mistakes in this game, coaching wise. That obviously they need to correct, and they need to. This shouldn't keep happening. Like they had been run over before. They should have an idea of like, hey, we're getting run over. We got to we got to. This is our adjustment to make sure that that doesn't happen. We have guys in the back end that should be able to stop pass, you know, pass plays or whatever. Uh, you know, if you, you invest that money in Denzel Ward, invest the first round pick and, and Greg Newsome, obviously all that money in John Johnson, you've got to be able to trust those guys to stop it on the back end and at some point. And so let, let those guys lock it down and, fill, you know, you know, load the box to be, be able to stop those runs. Well, look, John, it's been it's been three years for this administration. When they sit down at whatever point here and start looking to how they're going to assemble a roster for 2023, whatever thoughts they have had as far as how they're going to look for defensive tackles, they need to burn the theory to the ground because anything they've touched has not worked. Nothing. Nothing has worked. This has been an issue from the day they walked into the building. And it's probably worse now than they did walk in the building because at least they had Shell Richardson at 20. Yeah, I think I think one of the things, too, like they, they kind of take a – compartmentalized approach to every off season. So in first off season, they wanted to fix the offensive line and they did right. Like they obviously made it from a, you know, mid to bottom tier type offensive line to one of the best, if not the best uh, year one year two, they, you know, they went to fix the defense and pretty much did fix the defense you know, as a whole, like the secondary was obviously a lot better. Um, pass rushers were better. Obviously the issue was, was stopping the run defense, but then year, year three, they're like, Hey, we need to upgrade at the quarterback position. So I think it feels like they've been, they've been like prioritizing certain things per off season. And I think, you know, who knows what they're going to prioritize this off season, but you would have obviously hope that like addressing the ability to stop, you know, get some run stuffers in there and, and make it so you can't, this doesn't happen. Um, obviously would be, uh, 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 you know, it would hope be high on their list. <laughs> we're going to continue to roll on here. Garrett Bush, Jeff Lloyd, we're joined by PFF, John Costco, your latest lockdown. Get a couple thought here, uh, thoughts here from John on the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, Browns are going to go into a matchup here where there could be a couple of things that favor them. If some things do break right for the Browns here, we're going to get to that in just a minute on your latest LOB. If you haven't tried Built Bar Plus yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of actually making it. Plus, it is healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just to grab a quick bite. 
Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON15. Welcome back uh, to the Locked On Browns podcast. We're joined by Pro Football Focus's analyst, John Costco. Uh, we talked about offense, defense. Um, you know, we've we talked about the blunders we've had moving forward. Got a game coming up against the Chargers, and I, and I talked to Tim Couch today, and I said, you know, when you got a guy like Justin Herbert and you got a guy like him coming in and you've struggled against, I would say, is the bottom feeders in terms of quarterbacks in the league. Baker Mayfield, 32 out of 32, they're trying to bench him. Uh, you look at Joe Flacco, who's not the starter anymore. He's back on the bench. You take a look at who, with, with uh, Mr. Trubisky. He's already been benched. And now you talk about uh, Marcus Mariota, who completed seven passes, seven and 19. And only outside of the 145 yard play that was a bust, showed you nothing in the air. But now you're in the midst of, of some real ball players. You, you got to start touching the Joe Burrows, the Lamar Jacksons. Uh, you know, they're going to take a look at those guys as well. So, in your opinion, when you look at this Chargers team, I, I mean, what are the Browns going to do in the secondary? if they still can't clean these busts up, I mean, I, I just don't understand where they go and how they affect the, the, the offense in any way, shape or form. Yeah. They, they obviously need one of the issues with this game um, was allowing when they did get pressure on Mariota to let, to let them off the hook. Um, you know, there are multiple times where it felt like they should have had like maybe six sacks. And if probably, if you have like Clowney and, and miles out there, they actually do get that many, maybe. Um, but without those guys, it's like, they don't have guys that could finish. So you really got to hope that those guys are in there that helps. So like when the defense maybe locks it down on the back end, that somebody gets home to, to get, to get Herbert on the ground, or at least force him to throw it away. So with, with the secondary, you know, they had one bus in this game, right. And it was off of a scramble type drill to play, which, which kind of can happen on those. It just, it just does. So like, and from a secondary standpoint, like the Brown secondary, if they're on point is really good. It really is good. And it's one of the top units in the NFL. So I think that just, if they can just play sound defense on the back end and just making sure that the, the secondary is in position, the right places, they can, they can cause fits for this defense, for this offense. But We've seen what we see seen last year where Justin Herbert shredded the Browns defense for 9,000 yards or whatever it was and 50 t points or when, you know, whatever it was. So they need, they need to be disciplined on the back end. And they have to absolutely have their, their communication on point because if they have anything that happens like they did last year, there's no way they can score with this team. Not a chance because just like that, I, they'll be right down the field. Yeah, they, exactly. And that's, one, the, the one thing too, is that, you know, obviously Bosa's out that helps for, from a Browns offense perspective, um, Herbert still hurt like that. That rib is not gonna just heal itself automatically. Like if you can get a hit, couple of hits on him and get him hurting, it's gonna be a problem for him. So I think with you know obviously you don't, you're not going out there to, to hurt a dude, but like you sack a guy and get him on the ground, it, like that's gonna flare up for him for sure. So um, I think I think that's what you, you've got to get the pressure on him. One thing that was is interesting about Herbert this year is that he's not really trying to stretch the field, and that's. I think more of a, um, uh, you know, a, a scheme scheme thing, because we obviously know the type of arm he has, he can sling it all over the place, but that, you know, he's not really testing it downfield. He's averaging just, 
you know, seven and a half yards, of, you know, average on depth of target. So um, I think for, for the Browns, like, you know, part of that is if you can play too high shell and, and keep everything in front of you, you might be able to, you know, keep them at bay for a bit. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do like that you brought up was, you know, obviously the inability to get Marcus Mo- Mariota to the ground. Look, obviously Herbert is not the athlete that Mariota is, but keep in mind, also, yeah, he's a good athlete, but he's also three inches taller and about 30 pounds heavier. So that yeah. brings his whole, you know, issues of trying to get the guy to the ground as it is as well. Um, you're with Miles in, now with now where it came out to, you know, this could be something that could bother him for four weeks. Cause I think everybody all of a sudden now, Oh no, does that mean Miles Garrett's going to be out? you know, for the next three weeks. Uh, I think the biggest issue for Miles is that it's one arm that had basically three issues, you know, a shoulder, a bicep, and you'll bunch of mini cuts on his hands from, you know, glass getting into his hands. Um, So I think maybe the Browns kind of thought maybe if they put him out there yesterday, especially with Clowney not playing, okay, he's going to get double teamed. And how the world can we put a guy out there with one arm who's going to get double teamed all day? You think it's a realistic chance you could probably get him back this week if you're basically – I mean, you need them both back, obviously. You definitely – need Clowney back but at least if you have Clowney I think you feel a bit more comfortable that say hey if Miles thinks he can do it we're going to put a brace on the shoulder anyway let's give it a shot yeah I, I think if this was like a must win type game they probably would he probably could have played I think he probably could have played from a from a health standpoint but they probably wanted to keep him hey we're, we're going to take it easy with you and, and you know not not get you in this game or whatever so you can get you know we're here we're in it for the long haul um and I think I think this coming up game like you, you, you're probably hoping that you would still be able to win this game and come into the, this game three and one. Now that you're sitting at two and two, and then you've got, you know, you look at the rest of the schedule. You've got New England coming up. You got Cincy. You got Baltimore. Like, hey, like with Balt with the Chargers in there, they got some injuries as well. I don't know if Keenan Keenan Allen will play. Um, you know, obviously Bosa being out, Herbert is on the mend. You know, he's not left tackles out for the year. Let, exactly. So it's like, hey, we there is an opportunity to 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 win this game because they're not 100 percent. You know, you got to be able to take advantages of those situations. So, you know, the Browns, you know, all, and really should be 4-0 at this point. They need to get a couple more wins in here. Otherwise, they're, they're, their season is going to be slipping away pretty quickly. They, they need. And, and that's the I think the big one. Uh, you gotta you gotta be able to beat a good team. I think the Chargers are a good team, and winning against a name brand organization could give you a shot in the arm. But you know they at least got to be five and six, the bare minimum, to have any sort of shot. If Jacoby or excuse me, when Deshaun Watson comes back, so I, you know they got they have to pick it up. They got to win some games where they ain't supposed to traditionally, and they're gonna have to you know if you come out and dominate a few teams that they didn't think they might have had this struggle with. So I'm all for it. We'll see what they do. Um, any final thoughts, Jeff? And for me, just like the, the last maybe lone bright spot here is the Houston Texans ran the ball for over nine yards yesterday. Wow. Granted, that was a 75-yard touchdown run against the Chargers, but Browns have better running backs. They have better offensive line. Of course, these are all things we said going into this game yesterday. The, the, so. Chargers, the Chargers have, have you know, under under uh, Brendan Staley, have, have had issues stopping the run. And I didn't even look at what their uh, their team run defense ranking was, but um, you know, obviously without Bosa, who's one of the better run defenders in the NFL, it, it, it's going to be an issue for them. And so they're, you know, not great. They're twentieth in the NFL in our run defensive grade. So you know, if they gave up, something to focus up, on. Yeah, exactly. You should be able to run on them. Uh, we always appreciate John Costco for making the time for us here. Uh, of course, you know, John Penn with uh, PFF forever. Uh, he's probably been here almost since the inception of Locked On Browns. Coming. Uh, 
day after uh, for the good, the bad, or the ugly of it, as we always know. Uh, appreciate you, John, certainly for your time. If you're not aware of, at John Costco 3 uh, make sure you're checking that out. Of course, John over on Twitter. Um, it was quite weak, though. No players calling John out, so that's always good for John on a Monday morning. <laughs> Part of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the Barbershop 92.3, the fan, at G Bush 91 Mr. Garrett Bush, myself, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the show itself, at Lockdown Browns, follow back account. Uh, appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen, whether it's a podcast form or, of course, available now on YouTube. Uh, make sure you subscribe. You have the notifications on, so all that content comes to you as soon as it is available. We sorry for the tap. There were little technical difficulties, the LOB. Uh, it didn't stream on both channels last night, so we do apologize for that. That will not be an issue going further. And, look, this has been the thing with all these games getting so close in the last two minutes. We normally check our boxes as we're going along. But once we hit that two minute, we were right into it. And uh, sadly, we did miss something. So we sorry for everybody about that. Uh, appreciate everybody, though, for, uh, of course, being along here for the ride. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.